0: Hi, hola, and hello, and welcome to My Kids Think I'm Cool, But Podcast, hosted by me, yours truly, Jackie. I'm an American-Filipino mom living in Denmark, trying to balance culture, raise international kids, and learn the language all while trying not to lose my shit. When I'm not parenting, I'm a working mom, aspiring entrepreneur, and a podcaster by night. This season, I will focus on international parents doing their thing from changing careers, starting a business, all while trying to adapt to a new country. So grab a coffee or wine and listen, laugh, and enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to My Kids Think I'm Cool But Podcast Season 2. And I'm really excited about this season is because I am... Kind of taking a different route on this podcast is still the same thing about parents living abroad, trying to balance culture, raising kids, but I'm putting a little bit of a twist to it where I noticed in my first podcast that everyone kind of had the same pattern, had to change careers, had to do something different when they moved abroad. So I wanted to focus on that, on the successes that these international parents, immigrants, expats had to do when moving abroad. And I think I found it very interesting because so many parents out there, moms, dads are starting such amazing businesses in a different country from where they're from. And that's even amazing because starting a business is difficult, but living in a different country and putting all that into perspective also makes it difficult. And these mom and dads are doing it, starting this business and are really successful at it. And so I wanted to inspire the listeners. uh, If you guys are also thinking about starting a business or kind of feeling lost and don't know what to do because you're in a new country, you can't find a job, or your degree doesn't count in that specific country. I wanted you to listen to parents and other internationals and immigrants and expats that are just starting something that they love starting their passion while they're living abroad. So I hope this season will inspire you to find your passion, start a business or do something that you've always wanted to do or even just help you find that job in that country that you're living in. Right now, I'm in Denmark, so I will be interviewing a lot of internationals, immigrants, and expats living here in Denmark and sharing their stories on how they started the business, how they found the courage to start that business, and is a language a barrier or is what is scary to them. So I think this would benefit a lot of people that are thinking of starting a business or just looking for someone to relate to while they're living abroad. So today, this is my first episode for season two. So I'm really excited that you're listening to it. And um, thank you. Thank you for being patient with me on posting another podcast. I know it's been a while and I'm really happy that I am able to find the time to do this. Uh, I do love it. So hopefully more come in the future. So for today's episode, I'm actually talking to Melanie and she is from Newfoundland, Canada. And she started a cafe and art studio in Copenhagen. I've been actually talking to her for a while, a little bit over a year, right before she started the studio. And it was, it's really amazes me how much It has grown since I've talked to her or um, talked to her through Facebook, not really talked to her personally, but just to see how she grew this dream of having a art studio and cafe in Denmark um, and starting a business in Denmark. And she talks about her fears, what stopped her, and then also what encouraged her and what made her want to start this uh, business in Denmark. And we had such a great conversation and right now i am just let you guys know that there's a little bit of a background noise when we are are speaking. She is in her cafe and working so there's a little bit of background noise and I'm hoping that my amazing editor will uh, blur that out. But I just wanted to let you guys know what the noise in the background is and it's usually some amazing coffee that's being brewed up behind her or she's talking to um, one of her employees I'm really happy that she agreed to share her story, her highs, her lows, her accomplishments that she did um, here in Denmark. We know how difficult it is to start a business in a different country, and she's doing it. And I hope you, the listeners, feel inspired to follow your dreams or do something that you want to do, even though you're in a different country. A lot of people say, you know, the language is a barrier or I don't know what to do. And in in this interview, we actually talk about just jumping in with your two feet and just going for it. And she tells her story on how she just went for it. And it's so inspiring. And it also kicked me in the booty on getting my podcast going again, because it's so inspiring to hear all these international stories about parents or moms or amazing entrepreneurs and how they are starting a business abroad so i hope you guys enjoy this episode of melanie from art escape copenhagen so here's the interview Thank you, Melanie, for being on my podcast about your cafe and also your little art studio that you started in Copenhagen. So thank you so much. Before we get started on our conversation, can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to Denmark and yeah, just talk about who you are as a person.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today and I'm I'm really happy to be able to share it with you. I've been in Denmark, this is my 10th year, I'm married to um, a Dane, and we have three kids here, so I have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And uh, I actually came to Denmark on vacation uh, 10 years ago, and just decided to take the summer holiday here, and uh, I met my husband at the Ruskilda Festival the second day I was there, and we've actually just been together ever since. We met, started dating. I spent the first six months after my vacation kind of flying back and forth and then finally made the decision at Christmas to move here. So it was Christmas 10 years ago.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds like a, yeah, definitely a a story that's like, I was just on holiday and then I met my husband. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a whirlwind. I mean, it's just been a bit crazy. We came and when I came here, actually, it was, in my mind, I just intended on staying one year. And then during that year, we got married. And then, I don't know, I guess I was just here. was <laughs> just, I stayed and then started working as a chef. I needed a job, obviously, right away. And my background is as a chef. I've been working as a chef for more than 20 years. I got a job working at Reef & Beef in Copenhagen and then continued to work as a chef for about six years, I guess. I was almost six years, I guess, until I got pregnant with my daughter, the four-year-old. Then I, of course, needed to make a change. I couldn't work as a chef anymore with a newborn baby, and it's not really what I wanted to do anyway. I was teaching art in Canada. I had my own little art school before I moved here, and uh, that was pretty successful, and it ran for 13 years, and um, I really, really just wanted to do that, so... After I had Matilda, I decided, okay, that's it. I have to get serious about starting my own business and figure out how to do that here.
0: That's awesome. So art was already your passion uh, before you even started being a chef. So it was already something that you love doing. Well,
1: I I come from an art background. My
0: dad was a painter,
1: and uh, my mom is extremely creative. She can make anything, really. And so, you know, I've been learning how to paint for a long time and eventually went to art school and graduated from there. And then it just, it kind of just unfolded organically, really teaching art. I came from a household where we had art classes every week. So it was quite natural for me to see that process and to see how that develops. So I decided, yeah, I'm just going to jump in and try it when I was 20. I was 20 or 21. I think when I did that, started teaching for the first time. And uh, it started slow, of course, like anything, and it grew very quickly and uh, and ended up being quite successful. So I'm really happy that I can, well, I'm trying, (laughs) I'm trying to do the same thing here with a few twists and turns, but I feel like it's going very well.
0: Yeah, it's in your blood. So it seems like your parents are doing it, you're doing it, and then your kids will be most likely going to be doing it. Since this is a parenting podcast and I haven't had you in my season one about how it is raising kids here compared to your home country, which is Newfoundland. Can you tell a little bit the difference between parenting in Newfoundland and the difference here in Denmark? Just a little bit of a background.
1: It's very different. I think that's probably one of my largest struggles, I think, living here as an international parent. Cultures, I mean, it's it's different in a lot of ways, and some ways are great, and some ways not so great. And you know, in Newfoundland, we're focused very much on manners, very much on please and thank yous, playing outdoors, playing independently. There's like this idea, like you can just get up and go to the woods for a hike and take your kids and. Children don't generally go to daycare all day. So the idea of like Bernheu, Vogelstuh, this type of thing, it's not it's not common. A lot of parents stay home. The mom will stay home in a lot of cases. Or in Newfoundland, generally you have a lot of family. And so you have grandparents or aunts or uncles or friends that would take your children other than putting them, instead of putting them in Vogelstuh or, or Bernheu. It's a bit different, you know, in that respect. But um, I think for me, the biggest challenge is manners. Like, I expect them from my children. I have expectations from my children. And um, I don't feel like that's really... Yeah, I don't really feel like that's something that's pushed so much here. I don't know. Like, I don't hear many children say please and thank you for much. And in our house, it's definitely a must. So...
0: Yeah, I can, I can totally relate to that. And I I just see the difference in the kids and mannerism. Yeah, a lot of them say their, their um, dad's first name sometimes. Yeah, like, yeah, how do you say the first name? I'd get smacked across my face if I say, Hey, Robert, how are you doing today?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it is really funny. And like, we have like a rule. It's not like a written rule. It's just something that you do like in Newfoundland, if the person you're getting in the vehicle with is older than you, then you sit in the back seat. That's just it. It's like this thing out of respect. So even if, you know, you and I were getting in the car and I was a year younger or a year older than you, like I would sit in the, I would sit in the back if I was younger than you. And I just find that like that sort of respect, that idea about elders and like what, I don't know. I just, I don't see it so much here. And at home, it's just, it's just practiced all the time, right? It's just part of life.
0: When you moved uh, and transitioned from Newfoundland to Denmark, uh, was that easy for you or was that very difficult for you?
1: You know what? I have mixed feelings about it because I think in in the beginning, I felt it was quite easy because I was so excited to be here. And I think the novelty of being in de- – like, Newfoundland is a, it's the most beautiful place, but it's, it's an island in the northeast coast of Canada – it's bigger than Denmark, but we have, you know, a fraction of the population, We have like 500,000 people. It's a very hard, difficult place to live. But It's also a hard place to leave. And so leaving the excitement of actually getting out of Newfoundland, moving somewhere else, that exotic feeling of actually being able to move to Europe is, um, it's different. So I think when I first moved here, I was so excited about the change. But then when, The change became very much a reality that, right, okay, wait now. Now I need to get a job. Now I need to learn the language. Now I need to find friends. Like Obviously, my husband can't just be my only friend. Now I need to figure out how to navigate the city, how to... And then it quickly became not so much fun and very lonely and difficult, I think. And even I found... Despite my efforts to try and blend in, or to try and find friends and learn Danish, yeah, it just, uh, it I just found it really difficult. And I think for the years leading up until I had my daughter, those six years of being here were so lonely, incredibly lonely. Yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons why Art Escape Studio started. It's why I started the business. I was just interested in creating community. And I needed it. And then once I had children here, because my oldest son is not my biological child. So once I also had children here, I felt like I needed to do it for them as well. That idea of being in Newfoundland and having your nan and your pop and your aunts and your uncles and your friends and your mom's friends and all these people around all the time. I just wanted that for them as well. So, yeah, I just think it's a little bit of both. It's a little, it can be a little bit difficult. It was a little bit difficult, but actually now I feel it's only in the last two years since developing the studio that I my feelings about it have changed.
0: Yeah, and it's really great that you want to create that for your your kids, and it's it sounds like to me that it's super important for you, not just with the art, but also co- creating this uh, community around you that you have in um, Newfoundland. So. I know there's a lot of listeners out there that's all over Denmark and also globally. Can you just tell the audience what what you're doing in Copenhagen? Because it sounds interesting. They can hear it from me, but I think it'll be more interesting from you.
1: As I said earlier, I was painting and had the art school in Canada, and I wanted to start that again. I did love cooking, and I just wanted to try and incorporate these skills that I have into one business. When I started writing the business plan for Art Escape Studios and Cafe, I actually, about two months into this plan, I found out I was pregnant with my son. And that made me quickly realize that I can't start a cafe with a newborn child and a one year old at home and a 10 year old. Like It's just a lot, right? So I'm like, plan B, let's just open, let's just get a studio space, at least if I can paint and be painting and working on commissions or, you know, at least I was doing something creative. And then I applied for a couple of um, collectives and got accepted into one of them. And they were amazing. That was over at Red Door. And they were so sweet to help accommodate what I wanted to do. And so I started teaching and I started off with three students. And in the first couple of months, that turned into 20 students. And then by the fall, yeah, I had uh, three classes going. And um, I realized that I really needed to make a, a space change where it could accommodate what I wanted to do because it was growing so quickly. And I wanted friends to do it with. And uh, so I decided to build an all-female arts collective, which we have today, which is the Art Escape Studios Collective. We're 10 women right now. And then once the collective started and we found a new space that was big enough for everyone, then it just started to grow, you know. And then I thought I had my son. I, I went back to work. He was born in August. I started the collective the end of September. So I went back to work just a month after he was born, and I just took him with me. So he went to every meeting and every painting class. I was teaching this um, mother's postpartum class, and I just strapped him to me, and we just went together, and that was that. And uh, I really needed that. I just, I really needed it for me and uh, to be productive. And the collective just started growing and growing. And as it grew, I realized that I actually had a lot of contacts in Denmark that I had made when I was cooking and that I had made a lot of really lovely friends over the six years that I had been here, seven years, eight eight years at this point. And uh, I started reaching out to them and saying, these are some of the things that I'd like to see happen. And I got lots of help and a lot of positive response. And then I started thinking, okay, it's possible. It's possible to start the Art Cafe. I do have support and I do have a community and and I think that it will just get stronger. After the first Corona shutdown, because we had just, we opened our doors right before Corona. So it was a little, it was bad timing, really. (laughs) Just after the first shutdown, everybody, of course, came out of that with um, more perspective, I think, on things that that make them happy. And a lot of people turned to creativity. So we were busier than ever. Our classes started growing. I started representing artists in their class and then developing the Art Escape Studios brand. And, um, yeah, just grew. It just grew. And uh, by October, we realized, like, wow, I think we've outgrown our first space. And it had been less than a year. So we had tested the Art Cafe during the summer, just offering people free coffee and art sessions in our little studio. And it went so well that um, I found the space that we're in right now and opened Art Escape Studios and Cafe. And so all the collective agreed we had a vote and we all agreed that we would move over here. And we did. And so since then, it's really I mean, it's such a new business. So we're still working on it. We're still growing the concept and trying to understand what it is as well. But yeah, the foundation is that we support women creatives and women entrepreneurs and that uh, my my personal goal is to create as many opportunities as I can. I love to see people succeed, especially creatively. And I think when I first moved here and I was looking that I really want to be able to use what I've built and the knowledge that I've gained in the last eight years to create those opportunities for other people. So it becomes a little bit easier for them.
0: Yeah, and it's great that you're doing that now. I think we moved to Denmark almost at the same time and I felt like I didn't have any of this support when I first moved in. And that's why I wanted to create this podcast or also you're creating a community. Um, we're also in the same face group and I just, it's so strong, that community of international women, entrepreneurs that want to start something here in Denmark because they can't really do what they are doing, what they did at home
1: are you talking about the warrior women group?
0: Yeah, that and just in, in, in general, like, I feel like the international community now is stronger than ever. I know,
1: I can feel it too. I can feel it too. You can feel it to people.
0: They're proud of
1: what they're making here. And it's not easy to relocate. It just isn't. And I think when you come for love or for for work, it's a bit different because you're you're put into something already. But if you move here for love and you're, you have to start all over again and find a whole new friend base and figure it out, it's very difficult. And now I think it's very brave to be able to move into a new country and say, okay, I'm going to make a business and I'm going to make it work for me. Now I can see even just in our shop, I mean, we represent nine creative entrepreneurs here and sell their products, products and companies that they've created here in Denmark and have gotten out there. And it's amazing. And I love that we can do that.
0: Yeah. It's such a support to each other to survive in a different country because it's such a, it's such a big change. Everyone thinks it's so exciting to move to a new country. And it is. But once you're thrown in it, you're like, uh... I have no friends.
1: I know <laughs> this is what I was saying after the first year after the novelty and the excitement wore off the reality. The honeymoon period,
0: I call that. Yeah, the honeymoon
1: period. The reality hit and it was so difficult to accept that this world that I had in Canada, these friends and all this stuff that I had in Newfoundland, this closeness that I had had with people just wasn't there anymore. Well, it was there, it was just in another country, but like then then you're here and you don't don't have it in a and you can't expect you can't expect your partner to provide you with all of that so you have to do it for yourself and it's not easy to start a business here in terms of like actually like legally starting it going into the webpage and clicking yes i want a business that's easy but like developing clientele and creating customer base and trust and navigating your way through the tax system and finding accountants and people to help you with contracts and I mean, none of the. that's just not easy. It's just not easy. No.
0: And language, put language on top of that. And the too. language
1: barrier <laughs> is, um, yeah, Yeah, I've learned how to say, can we speak English and Danish very well? <laughs> so <laughs> at least we can try.
0: Like, to tell yeah. us?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, it takes a lot, I think.
0: When was it in a point in your life where you're like, F this! I'm starting my own business. and Were you sitting on a couch, or were you just at a, a point in your life where this is what I want to do with my life? Because maybe there's a listener out there where they're just like, oh, I want to do this, but just, uh, just a little bit hesitant. I don't know the language. I don't know the, you know, the market or anything like that. But when was it a point where you were just, I'm going for it?
1: Well, you know, I've had a few companies in my lifetime, so I think that decision has happened to me a few times. When I was, I mean, when I was younger, I always, when I was a teenager, you know, I always did stuff. I was always kind of an entrepreneur in spirit and always had, you know, plans to do this and this and and did, executed it. Once I graduated from university, starting to teach painting and creating this little art school, for me, it was just second nature. It just made sense, you know? And then I I have you know a specific set of skills in cooking and art and teaching and so on and so utilizing them just made sense to me it wasn't it wasn't just one day i woke up and started the business i feel like it was just it was just always there you know but when i came to denmark the turning point was definitely having my daughter and realizing that i didn't want to be back in a commercial kitchen for 12 16 hours a day whatever it is you have to work I mean, my job while I was pregnant with her was as the executive chef at the comedy zoo, and I did absolutely adore that job. I loved working there. I loved the staff there. I just thought, you know, if I could stay here, this would be it. And then I had her, and then it just didn't make sense anymore to work that type of hours with a newborn child at home. Obviously, I couldn't. And during that year of maternity leave, I really took a long time to think about what I wanted. I had to figure out what, I couldn't stay on Daoping forever, so I had to figure out what I was going to do next. And I think that in in this decision-making process, the turning point was having a conversation with my friend, dear friend, Michelle Myrick, who is also a powerhouse entrepreneur. She's amazing. She's from Newfoundland, but she's living in Norway, and they came to visit us, her and her husband. And we were just talking one night and she just simply asked me, you know, like, what's stopping you? What are you like? What's, what's the big deal here? Like, why are you stopping here? And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to figure anything out here. And she's like, just do it. She's like, you'll figure it out as you go. Just do it. Just like jump in with two feet. The worst thing is going to happen is you're going to fail. And then you're just going to learn how not to do it. And you're just going to do it a different way. And I was like, that's a very good point, right? Like, what is there to lose, really? So the, the, the very first actual activity as Art Escape Studios was actually in 2016. And I launched a international art retreat here in Denmark and brought over people from uh, Canada and from Newfoundland and from Denmark. And then we had a week long retreat in Verlusa. And uh, I was six months pregnant with my daughter when I when we, when we did that. I found out, uh, we launched it in uh, May of 2016. And then December of 2017, found out I was pregnant. And then the retreat was May of 2017. So, But after I did that, and I got a taste of working for myself again. I mean, I was still at the comedy zoo at the time. But this was my, kind of took a little break, a little vacation, and did this retreat. And I just thought, right, this is really what I love to do. I really love to teach people painting teach people about art. I really love to work for myself and, and be my own boss. And that really is what kickstarted the whole thing here in Denmark. I realized after that, okay, I can't go back.
0: That's such an amazing story because there are a lot of internationals or just in general, people that are scared to start a business because they're like, where do I start? And your friend had such a good, good idea of just, just do it. And then, you know, yeah,
1: just do it. I know it's quite simple. People think it's, it's more difficult than it is. And I have this conversation often with a friend of mine from home who is also a business owner. And it is, it is that simple. Just start. Yeah. Just start. I think I started with loading the most basic, terrible website that you could ever imagine. But it was functional and it's, it did what I needed it to do at the time. And that was provide a platform to advertise what I wanted to do. And it wasn't the perfect website. We've had three websites and are currently working on a brand new website again, you know, but that's okay. That's okay. And I think people that, that want to support you, they'll just, they'll follow you, you know, they'll, they'll follow what you're doing and they'll support your progress because it takes time and it's a learning curve. Like I don't have all the answers. I have no idea how to do a lot of things. And I jump in with two feet and realize later I was wrong. And I just go ahead and uh, yeah, try and fix it the best I can.
0: Yeah. And look where you're at now. Successful art cafe studio in Copenhagen that keeps busy and you're doing what you love. And I think that makes a big difference because your passion shows to your customer. If you're just a normal person that doesn't like art and you can just tell, uh, you can just tell if someone is not into it and it's just something that they are doing. Well, it's funny,
1: we have guests come in here often. And, and I'll talk about like, because now I get to do this little we have a vegan and vegetarian menu here, we have these beautiful organic coffees and drinks. And I get to tell customers about the food and, and people come in on a regular basis. Like just today, I was talking about our caramel roasted coffee. And this guy was like, Yeah, okay, no, you sold me I'm in, I'll take the caramel (laughs) roasted coffee. So you're very passionate about that. I was like, well, it's really good. It's, yeah, I mean, when you're into what you're doing, it's, it's easy to, to sell it and to be in it, you know?
0: Yeah, you got me at Caramel. <laughs> I'm like, what?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> drinking now.
0: I'm so jealous. I have instant coffee over here.
1: <laughs> no more instant. I love this one. This past year, the most challenging thing, I think, has been going from being a business owner to being an employer. So just in this last year, I had at one point uh, five employees plus myself, six Oh no. And Fausto seven, seven employees. So it's, um, it's a lot to manage. It's, and I had no idea how to hire somebody or how to register them or how to get their salary done or how to make sure I have insurance for them. I don't know. I didn't know anything about that.
0: And then you just learn. So now you had to learn it. Yeah. You had to learn it. And now
1: every, I had to learn it all, how to call SCAT, how to set this up with insurance, how to find a company that will cover it how to insure my shop, like all these things just to have employees, how tax works, how ferry paying works. Who even knows? Who knows how that works? So like all of these things took so much time to learn. And then if you're coming from another country, you're not like, if you grew up here, you're familiar. If you've worked at all about what your pay stub looks like, what ferry paying is, what all of these tax deductions are and how this stuff is registered. But if you don't come from here, you have no idea. And in Canada, it does not. It's a
0: whole new world. It
1: is. And it doesn't work the same way in Canada. So it was completely different
0: for me to learn that. The yeah, same in the U.S. It's like such a. I, and also you think differently of how you're going about in the business. And it's completely different here in Denmark. It's like you can't think that way. Yeah. You have to think how the Danes do it. And it's like a whole different. Yeah,
1: I know. And that's, it can be very difficult in the workforce. They have a very different approach to working than what I'm accustomed to.
0: Yeah. What was the most difficult thing for you to start? You got the business started and everything, but what was the most difficult thing for you to actually do along the way? Was it with the licensing, the finding the location, uh, scat, the whole employment situation? What was the most difficult thing for you for the obstacles you had to overcome? I think
1: all of that.
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) I definitely think becoming an
1: employer was definitely a massive obstacle for me. It's a huge responsibility, it's a massive financial burden to have employer employees, and there's a lot of management to it. And when I have like, I mean, you talked a little bit about the cafe and the studio, but if we want to get down to it on a regular basis, I have projects like just for Oof. this year. Right now, I have projects scheduled till around June with a few things happening in the fall that sit at around 10 private projects right now. I teach four classes a week. I'm at the cafe daily from nine to five. And then I have my own commission work. I manage the collective and I organize up to four exhibitions per year just in our space. And then we have rotating exhibitions in four other spaces. And I do a mentorship program. I'm working on international art retreats, and that's just what I can think of on the top of my head. So outside of daily operations of just managing employees and paying bills and scat and tax, there's a lot of other stuff that's happening here that I'm also helping facilitate. So, I mean, there's not one part of this that's more difficult than the other. I think it's all difficult, but the responsibility of employees is by far the hardest. When it's just me that I have to be accountable for, then it's much different. But when you know that other people are depending on you to pay salary every month, you need to make sure that business is driving. You need to make sure that you have customers in through the door. To get those customers in, you need to guarantee consistency. And that's not always possible when you're managing a lot of people to do it. So I think it's very difficult sometimes to create clear communication Also, with the people you're working with, because you're so caught up with the day to day, you know it's it's a lot. It's a lot to manage. So, yeah,
0: I think it's all a bit difficult. It's starting a business, and I think it's like you said, you're learning as you go too. So this is all new to you. But the I think the progress here is like you're doing it. You have a studio, and it's just and you see the success. So it makes it keep it keeps you going. The success.
1: I am really happy of what. I've created here, but I'm also really impressed about what my artists have created, where they've come, especially the collective artists. I've seen people, we've had, I mean, we had some of the artists that joined the collective, of course, that have experience, but we have a lot of artists that joined the collective with no experience. And they've gone from just considering art as a career to, you know, selling numerous amounts of work. Like just last year, we sold uh, during the pandemic and the five month lockdown. Uh, 58 pieces of original artwork collectively by the artists here at the collective that is an inc- that's incredible and so being able to see that and the success in that it's just it makes all of the other difficult stuff worth it i think
0: yeah and it's so amazing that you're able to put that all together and have it successful not just for you but for your artists and other entrepreneurs too that works around you yes exactly i mean that's the why
1: that's why I'm doing it. That's why I love to do it and what brings me the most joy from doing it. So even though it's hard work and even though it's, I love managing stuff, actually, it's my favorite. I, I love writing stuff and doing schedules and I do actually enjoy doing it. So yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's what makes it every day worth it, I think, even on the rough days.
0: I know there's a lot of people, especially internationals that's living in Denmark and what's stopping them from starting a business is language. They're like, Oh, I won't be successful. I don't know Danish. Yeah. What do you say to that? How can you encourage other entrepreneurs living in Denmark or globally? That's not from their home country just to start the business. There's always a way to communicate.
1: There's always a way to communicate. It doesn't matter what it is. And today we have so many things available to us. So there are days that I have sat and Google translated every single scat page and then I go back and then Google translate another line and go back and go, just so I can understand the document. And it takes hours and it's frustrating and a little bit embarrassing because I should, after this amount of years, be able to fluently speak Danish, but some things are just difficult. And so if you explain to people generally, you know, I don't speak Danish, but maybe we can take this in English or maybe we can try a little bit of both. My understanding And my experience here has been that that's okay. And I will say that the systems here put in place to start a business, if you call SCAT, they will help you. Like they're very good at helping you and they will give you some guidance in where you need to go. And there are resources here to help you. You can go to the, uh, what is it called? Uh, Oh, the business house. I can never say that word. It's such a long word. It's embarrassing. Yeah, you you know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think every every commune has that kind of a uh, helping. Um...
1: Yeah. And you can go there and you can, and they will give you some solid advice. And I have utilized those spaces when I've needed advice on business planning and accounting. And, and then also we have social media, reach out, reach out to people on like, like the groups we're talking about. And there are so many women like myself that have also gone through it and they have, just so much knowledge in different fields about how to get around it and how to you know fill out forms or how to make sure you have this done right but one thing I will say is Denmark is very forgiving and I think it's one of those things that people are hesitant for starting a business because they're afraid they're going to do it wrong but here I find if you do it wrong they just call you and say hey you know what it's not quite right if you do this then it will fix it so why don't you try that And there's no penalty to it. I mean, obviously, if you keep doing something, you keep fooling up your taxes, something is going to go wrong at some point. But I find here they're very forgiving and they understand that, you know, the first five years of business is literally development. And, you know, in order to get somewhere solid, you have to go through the bumps. And if you just jump in and you don't know how to get through it, they'll help you. Someone will help you do it. And they'll speak English to you if that's what you need. And if not, you'll go through Google Translate. And if not, you'll find a translator or a friend that can do it for you. And so on. And you just keep adding to the possibilities of the things that will make it happen for you. And you'll learn through those experiences that it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not know, to, to move into something and not know the result. And just jump and, and do it, you know. You will land where you're supposed to, I
0: think. Yeah. and I, I also feel the same that... By doing, you'll learn as as you go. Yeah. And if you're not doing it, then you will never learn. Exactly. Yes, you might fail, but just keep going and don't stop. What was one thing that you wish that you knew when you first started that you know now?
1: Get an accountant right off the hop. As soon as you start your business, as soon as that idea pops in your head, do not hesitate. The first thing you should do is find an accountant. I have an amazing accountant. She's just like the light at the end of the tunnel for me, really. And um, I didn't find her until after my first year of business and trying to balance Escape Studios on my own, which was a nightmare and caused me an endless amount of stress and sleepless nights. So when I actually found her, she was recommended by another entrepreneur, actually another female entrepreneur here in Copenhagen. She just changed my whole life and she has alleviated so much worry from my life. And I really wish that when I first conceptualized having a business here that I just did that right away. And I know it's expensive. And I know that you have to invest money to have that but it is the best investment you'll ever make.
0: To any of the listeners, the accountant is definitely number one thing to get on board. And then after that, find
1: yourself a social media manager because we have the best one.
0: I believe social media is just everything now. If you don't have a good social media, it's like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's made a huge difference. We have uh, Fausto and he has been working here for almost a year now. And it has just uh, changed our entire presence and what we're doing and how we're being represented. So that is those two things. I think they're they're worth it there. That's that's the yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Any tips on uh, internationals wanting to start a business in in Denmark uh, from I know you said accountants, but these are people that just haven't hopped in yet. But thinking about it,
1: (laughs) have a solid idea, have a solid plan and um, and find, you know, 50 different ways to make that plan happen. And don't get stuck on, you know, plan A. Just if it doesn't work the first time, go to the next, take a next avenue, take the next avenue, take the next avenue until you find the right fit. And then as long as your idea is continuous and you believe in what you're doing, it'll come, the right path will come. And then it might not be what you expected. It might not be the way that you wanted to start. Like I wanted an art cafe right off the hop and I had to settle for a room in a basement in Norbro. And uh, it's not what I wanted, but it got me to where I wanted it to be. And it took time, but it was worth it in the end. So I'd say make a plan and then make 50 ways to make that plan happen and pick one.
0: I feel like these little steps help you have the bigger picture. Imagine if you started that art cafe right away, you wouldn't be ready for that.
1: Yeah. Yes. I don't think so either. I actually had this conversation with someone just a couple of days ago about, you know, what if I had gotten a large investment and I could just open this right away and it just would have been, you know, I think that the pressure of not knowing how to run a business at that time would have done me in. But building this baby steps and learning little steps at a time how to do things on my own and not having that financial pressure and just allowing that section of this company to grow as it does, then I think that's what made me ready for where we are now. Now I don't feel, I don't get stressed about much, you know, like... There's a lot of work that can cause stress, but like in terms of running the company, I'm not stressed that I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not worried about that. You know, I that I know that now this is what I am meant to do whether it's in this cafe or in a different manner. I think that I will just continue to grow this concept into as many different paths that I can grow it into. And I think the cafe is just the beginning. And, you know, I I, I you know, I have a 5-year plan already to expand the cafe and we're hoping to start that this year, so I think that these little steps, these little steps leading up to my cafe from that basement room in Norborough to where we are now to where we're going to be in five years, I think it helped just growing it little bits at a time and finding those different paths instead of just expecting that everything had to be perfect right away.
0: Yeah. And you just started and now you're growing slowly on your own pace, on your own learning curve too, which is great because. You're not all white-haired and wrinkles are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but you're, you're growing in, your, in your, your pace. And I feel like entrepreneurs, when they start, they want to grow now. It needs to go happen now. And um, it's a learning curve for everyone. Like, I'm learning. I'm an aspiring entrepreneur, and I want to do everything. But at the same time, I have family. I have kids. It's just like, it's just there.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to balance it, right? I have to realize that unless you have this like large capital um, to throw into a company that you're not worried about losing, it's not realistic to think that everything that you're dreaming of is going to happen right away. I mean, we're still missing baseboards here in the hallway. It just has to be at a time that it can be afforded. Right now, it looks fine the way it is. And you know what, we'll fix it when we get to it. But that was something I had to learn, though. I will tell you, that's not something that comes naturally because I do have that kind of insistence that everything should be now. And so it's taken me these last two years to also learn that it's okay that it's not now. I don't have to make an excuse for it. I don't have, I, That's just how it is. I'll take that step when I can afford it, both financially, but also in terms of my own time. So, you know, you just have to, it's all about, it's about baby steps, really. I think so. It really is
0: for any starting entrepreneur i think they you learn that throughout the whole process is the baby steps you want it now but actually um, you have to take baby steps and i think everyone has to learn that that
1: way it's a difficult lesson like i'm i'm a very impatient person like i i like to see things happen right away so it's a difficult lesson but i'm glad i learned it and i mean you know i talked a little bit about stress earlier like when I do a retrospective on last year, I mean, the amount of stress that I felt last year was unbelievable. And I didn't realize it until I actually took a break and I, I gave myself six weeks home in Canada through December and January. And then I sat back and went, wow, God, that was a bit crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> you know. And so moving forward this year, I've just decided, you know what, I'm I'm not going to do that again. This business can work without me being that busy or that stressed about something. So now this year, I already feel different. Even just, you know, a couple of weeks into this year, I already feel like we're on a calmer, clearer path. You also have to take those moments for some perspective on what you're doing.
0: Yeah, and it's really great that you're telling that to the listeners, any uh, entrepreneurs out there that want to jump in to start a business. And I feel like we can talk forever about business because our entrepreneur, I know you are running a business. And I have to go pick up my kids. Yes. (laughs) Before we uh, end, and uh, of course, thank you for taking the time to be on this podcast. Can you tell the audience, you're based in Copenhagen and and with my website, I always write about what uh, parents can take their kids to. What are like your two, besides Artscape, what are your two good go-to places for parents to take their kids to enjoy um, a day or something fun to do in Copenhagen? Oh my god, that is a tough one. Just that comes to the top of your head that it's like, oh, you know that place is just going to be perfect for the kids.
1: <laughs> oh, I honestly, I can't even. I don't even know. We actually don't spend a lot of time in the city. Okay, yeah. So our go-to is uh, Fedestran. Do you know that it's um it's about 150 kilometers just outside of the city. And it's, um, it's a park, it's a campground, but you can go for a day visit and park your car for 50 kroners. And they have just so many facilities for free that you can walk around in the forest. You can go down to the beach, you can go pet the animals. They have horseback riding. I mean, they they have everything there and we love going there. That's like, that was our Corona savior actually during the lockdowns was to drive down there and go to this park. We absolutely love it. And then, if I had to pick another
0: one? Like I said, it doesn't have to be in Copenhagen. It's some place that you just, is the place where you and your family go. And that's the whole point that like, I wanted to create Kidley is because I would have known that place that uh, you just mentioned.
1: The yeah, is brilliant. I love it. And then the other, I think the other place that we visit the most is the Arken Museum. So we go to Arken and then just outside of the museum, of course, you have the Ishoi Beach, but there's a little cafe there. Between the the museum and the beach, that has amazing playground. So there's so many things to do there because you can actually walk about a kilometer and a half to the giant under the bridge. So you can go finding giants. You can go to the beach. You can hang out at the playground. You can go to the cafe or you can go to the museum. So you can literally have a full day there. And we actually just did it this past weekend. So um, yeah, that's yeah we definitely actually that definitely sounds like a full a day
0: of uh, activities, which is great, especially when you have little kids. You need to wear the energy out. <laughs>
1: And the beach there is actually amazing in the warm weather because you can walk out oh god forever like it feels like you can walk for like you know 50 or 60 meters before the ocean goes above your waist. Oh wow. Perfect for little kids. It's amazing for little kids. We've we've been bringing our kids there since they were born. Yeah. And it's always warm. The water is always warm. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> so yeah, those two things. Not in the city, but still uh very fun. No, that's great because these are these are for people that just either wants to go outside of Copenhagen. Usually everyone stays in their comfort zone and wants to explore Denmark. And I feel like the people that know Denmark are the people that live there. And I want to know where to take my kids when I, you know, if you, if you go to Vila, I could just tell you like four places to go immediately that you wouldn't find on Google. We're
1: actually considering, yeah, we're considering moving to Vila. We're looking at houses out there.
0: I love it. Yeah. There's, they're building so much.
1: So you're not so far away. Yeah. Yeah, we love it out that way, too. We really want to move to Jutland. That's our next move. Our next big it's a teaser for Art Escape Studios.
0: It'd be perfect for Vila, And I only say that is because we have so many international workers here that's from Siemens, from Billen, uh, from all over the world. It's actually a really big international community here in Denmark. And there's not so much international things to do here. So it would be huge here in in Violet because we're always, I feel like internationals are always looking for a community. And once you find it, it's like they're really strong together. That's really
1: good to know, actually. But we have some plans for some development out that way. And we're, we're look, we we're We look. started looking last year and we're still looking now. So we're trying to find the right thing for us. And um, so maybe you'll see me in Vila. It's definitely cheaper than Copenhagen. Yes, much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still keep the cafe here. But I think, um, yeah, we're going to do something. Something in Jutland at some point soon.
0: Well, you got to let me know when you're in Vila. I'll show you around.
1: I definitely will.
0: I'm going to wrap this up. How can the uh, audience or listeners get in contact with you if they want to reach out about maybe an art class or something like that? How can the easiest way to find you?
1: We're located on uh, Blydomsvai, Blydomsvai 68, right across the road from Ries Hospital. Our phone number is 60521660. And you can reach us by email at info at artescapestudios.dk.
0: And our website is um, artescapestudios.dk. Perfect. And I'll have all this on the website. So you guys don't have to rush to a pen and paper right now, especially if you're driving. But I'll have all her information and also about the studio and upcoming classes that you have. You always post some amazing classes. I wish I lived closer. But if you move to violin, then you will. Yeah. And if you have kids and you want we have a, an amazing
1: after school program today, actually, it's just about to start I'm on Thursdays with artist Devika Nowak from four to five 30 from ages six to 10.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being part of this podcast and taking the time. Thank you. From all your projects (laughs) to be part of this. And um, it will be uploaded for everyone to hear. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I hope you have a great day. You too. So what did you guys think about that, the story of Art Escape? Isn't that so great? And thank you, Melanie, for being part of this podcast. And it was so inspiring to hear your story, how you came up with the idea, what you were doing before, your struggles, your successes, and giving tips to any entrepreneurs or any internationals that want to start a business In Denmark, on how to start. So, I think that's so amazing. And I'm definitely going to come by and try that yummy roasted caramel latte. I really want that. And so, thank you again. And for the listeners, I will have all the links and all the website information uh, to find Art Escape on my website. And also, please follow her social media to see what the latest uh, events are because they have some amazing events that they're doing there from drawing to painting, even children's events. So she's covering all grounds. And I love the fact that she could have created a community that's supporting artists and supporting entrepreneurs in Copenhagen. She's definitely made a successful community around her, around Art Escape and around the business. And she shares that with everyone um, that's listening on here. So I definitely appreciate her time that she took on sharing her, her story with us. So thank you again. On um, the stuff that she was actually mentioning with Akidely, and when I asked her about, you know, what's her go-to place to go to with her kids, that's uh, my little side blog that I do because I like I like to inform parents on what what they can do in Denmark. So I love that she mentioned two places that, of course, I wouldn't have known about that beach and that museum so it's really great that she mentioned that i'll have that on kiddly.com so it will be there for anyone that's interested on doing anything fun with their kids during the holiday the weekend anything like that so thank you again melanie for sharing your go-to places around uh, denmark So that is a wrap for uh, today's episode and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Get inspired to start a business or just find a new place to go to in Copenhagen, uh, which is Art Escape. So thank you again. Uh, please, uh, if you want to get in contact with me, my email um, is jackie at my kids think I'm uh, Follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I would love to hear from you guys. Get your feedback on any other future episodes. Or if you want to be a guest, I would love to interview you and share your story with my listeners or anyone that um, you think, anyone that wants to be on my podcast, please uh, let me know because I would love to interview you but that is all from me and yeah have a good day guys bye